We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Welcome to the Road to Warrior NFL podcast. I am not Derek Van Riper. I am Nick Whalen. Derek, I know. Derek Van Riper is in Arizona. He has fled the state. He's fled the region. He's no longer even in the Midwest. Uh, Derek is at the Arizona Fall League for the weekend. So uh, I'm stepping into the host chair, and joining me is Road to Wire's own John McKechnie, our assistant college football editor. Uh, thanks for stepping in, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pumped to be on the uh, on the you know breaking down the uh, the NFL slate this yep. week. You know, it's a nice little change of pace for me. Yeah, I'm I'm beyond excited for this show. Um, <laughs> one, did you watch the World Series last night? Did I watch the World Series? Of course, of course I watched the World well, okay, Series. Good, I mean, correct. I, I watched it at. 
baseball editor James Anderson's place. Wow. Uh, enjoyed a beer or two, perhaps, and, uh, you know, just kind of just watched in amazement as, as the game, you know, ebbed and flowed the whole mm-hmm. way through. I mean, we were going nuts when Rajay Davis hit that home run. We, we were like, what, what, if, what if he just pulled one over, yeah. the, over that giant left field wall? And then, lo and behold, you yeah. know, we were just, you know, soothsayers. So that was, that was a wild, wild experience. But I'm very happy for the Cubs as well. So, I mean, that, that's just, I mean, it, the, the energy, I mean, even up here in Madison, you know, we're like 100 miles north of Chicago. It still feels kind of electric up here, even, yeah. even still. Yeah, I mean, living downtown in Madison, we, you know, I kind of kept my patio door open, partially because it was like 70 degrees yesterday, and you can do that this time of year, yeah. uh, uncharacteristically. But yeah, every every play, whether it was good or bad for the Cubs, you could kind of hear the groan or the cheers, which was cool. But right. uh, I mean, neither of us are Cubs fans, but still very cool just to see something like that. Um, to you, though, I don't want to talk too much baseball, but is this bigger? Uh, you know, from just an overall like sports event standpoint, than than the Red Sox winning in '04. Uh, I think it it might be. I think mostly just because of the time that we live in right now. I know yeah. that that uh, the sort of Red Sox nation really picked up thereafter, and they had kind of a similar story of heartbreak the year before, and then get you know getting the curse off their back the following year, but. We got Twitter now. I think that just sort of amplifies everything, mm-hmm. and uh, it almost kills things to an extent. You know, like you see the same recycle takes over and over again. But I mean, it did feel a little bit more widespread. Like trying to refresh your your, f- your feed last night, you get like five hundred more tweets. You right. know, so I mean, it does feel a little bit bigger, and it was a longer uh, curse as well. Mm-hmm. I think the Sox is bigger just because of all that happened. You know, coming back against the Yankees as the true. underdog, like the Cubs. The Cubs were the favorites this entire time, this so it did true. feel kind of weird, you know, to see them go down and pull back. But they still had that underdog narrative, just given that's all, all that's happened. Uh, but I mean, you can you can kind of debate that, I guess, for the rest of time. And either way, uh, quite the weekend it'll be, I think, in the city of Chicago. Oh, yeah. uh, but let's get to Week Nine in the NFL tonight. We are treated to Falcons at Buccaneers as the Thursday night game. Second highest over-under of the week uh, in this matchup. 51 points is the implied total. Falcons coming in after that big home win against Green Bay last week. Uh, Tampa Bay narrowly avoided what would have been the third tie in two weeks, I <laughs> yep, think, in the NFL the uh, against Oakland. Uh, but but they fell in that game. Oakland now 6-2. and two. We'll, we'll talk about them in a little bit. But I still haven't quite figured out this Bucks team. I, I think it's not a team that you ever really want to play because they have that explosive potential right. on offense. But... They're also one of those teams that you can never really trust to pull out a game. That's true. You absolutely can't trust them. I mean, even with Jameis Winston, you know, coming along pretty well in his second year in that defense, uh, you know, they they have a, a nice young core there with like Levante David and McCoy and all that. But yeah, there's still a team that you, you can't really trust. And the Falcons, you know, they've had some really impressive wins this season, you know, against, against the uh, or they were close to beating the Seahawks and they, they beat Denver out on the road. Probably should have beat Seattle. Yeah, I mean, that that personal or the uh, pass interference call was uh, ludicrous there. But um you know, I still feel like the Falcons are the better team here. And, you know, divisional matchups can, can kind of muddy things up a bit. But I do feel like the Falcons, even uh, Sands, Tevin, Tevin Coleman this week, uh, I think they should be able to get this done. I think so, too. Uh, this Buccaneers team still a little bit beat up on the offensive end. We don't really know who's going to be running the ball. Uh, you know, yeah, Mike seriously. James, Antone Smith, you know, basically practice squad guys uh, could Barber, be getting maybe? right, could be getting serious run uh, in this game. So, 
you know, from a fantasy perspective, outside of Mike Evans, outside of Cameron Braid and, and Jameis Winston, it's kind of a crapshoot uh, for that Tampa Bay offense. Right. But, you know, with the Falcons, it's business as usual. Like you said, no Tevin Coleman, but you still like Devontae Freeman quite a bit. Um, I mean, it's easy to forget how good that Green Bay team has been against the run. So not really mm-hmm. a surprise that he didn't go off last week. Um, and, and then, of course, you know, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are guys that you should probably have in your lineup every single week. I think uh, Jacob Tammy might be missing this game. He, he hurt his shoulder against the Packers, if I remember correctly. So th- this could mean some, some uh, rookie Austin mm-hmm. Hooper action if, if, you know, you're, you're really thirsty for a tight end off the waiver wire. You know, it happens. It really does. Mm-hmm. So uh, Hooper, I believe, played over 70% of the snaps last week. I think I saw uh, that on Twitter. So, you know, he's probably in for another pretty heavy, yeah. you know, role in the, in tonight's game. And that could be, you know, interesting, Go, you know, as as Tampa Bay tries to load up against Sanu and, and Julio Jones, maybe Hooper kind of has some sneaky value mm-hmm. this evening. Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, you look at Julio Jones last week, I mean, a game when Matt Ryan throws three touchdowns, he approaches 300 yards, only has seven incompletions, the Falcons score 33 points, you would probably assume that Julio Jones was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. He wasn't necessarily, at least in the box score, you his know, he, looked, his, his presence is a big like part of that. Gimpy, but yeah, yeah, I mean, just three catches for 29 yards. Um, and, and there is talent elsewhere in this receiving course. Anu had a big game last week, Taylor Gabriel. Uh, and then Freeman, of course, getting involved through the air as well. But, mm-hmm. no, I think you're right on Austin Hooper. Five catches last week, uh, caught all five of his targets, and Jacob go. Tammy has been ruled out for tonight, so he is going to be the starter. Let's get to Sunday's games. We'll just get this one out of the way. Uh, Jags, Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. That seems about seven-and-a-half points low to me uh, in Kansas City. <laughs> I mean, that's a, this is a KC team that doesn't exactly blow teams out. Right, you know, that's kind the of, problem. Kind of the, they just kind of let their opponents bleed out slowly. Uh, but I think this was one where they, they could kind of go for the throat slash uh, pretty quickly. <laughs> Jacksonville's down 27-0 to zero against a bad Titans team on Thursday last week. They do get a little bit of a longer week. Uh, to prepare, but they also fired their offensive coordinator. They promoted their quarterbacks coach. And the quarterback has made Blake Bortles worse. Right, yeah. So you're kind of rewarding him for doing a poor job at what he's supposed to be doing. Now I don't they apparently just don't have a quarterback's coach now. Blake Bortles is flying in his own private coaches. Um <laughs> yeah, the, the Jags like I mean this is supposed to be the, the year by Jag standards mm-hmm. and that's that means like nine and seven uh, and it, things are not things are not great in Jagland right now. I'm a little bit worried about this. Even though KC is beat up on the offensive end, this this should be an easy win. That's true. And and you know, uh, as of yesterday, I believe Spencer Ware was still not through concussion protocol. So you know, everyone uh, is is running for Charkandrick West on on their waiver wires. And I think they even stooped as low as to work out uh, Trent Richardson earlier this week. I saw that. I, I, I love that. Like every team is like, I don't want to do this, but we got I mean, to bring him. He's in. there. Give, give Trent a call. What's he up to? <laughs> he's running on the beach. You know, yeah. posting workout vids. So yeah, uh, you know, obviously you want West. It, in in your backfield this week but yeah I would imagine that the the Chiefs even with the Jaguars coming on like a little bit of extra rest and the Chiefs a little bit banged up with Alex Smith you know got got banged around last week so he he might not play it sounds like he's probably not going to play potential Nick full sighting like that that's probably why the spread is as low as is is surprisingly low (laughs) and still seven and a half I mean (laughs) the NFL is is relatively high you do wonder yeah if, if they had a full complement of running backs and their starting quarterback this might be a 10 and a half 11 point spread and, and rightfully so uh Jacksonville's broken I mean I, yeah. the nice thing is you got to look at Blake Bortles and say like he has if you if he's your starting quarterback in season long like you haven't you're not out of it you know he's, he's been putting up numbers if he did 
you know, maybe the most garbage time performance in NFL history on Thursday night. Incredible. I mean, you see the, you see the end of that, that score, you know, is what, 36, 24 or something. Like it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, all right. Yeah, that like was 300 yards. Yeah. He was absolutely touchdowns. dominant when they were in basically the box when the Chiefs score, were in yeah. prevent in the second half. Um, so there's nowhere to go, but up, I guess, you know, maybe this little meeting with his, with his QB guru does something. Uh, but this Jags team, I, I fear having watched, you know, pretty much every minute of all their games this year, they, they kind of like visibly quit, I think on this coaching does staff. feel like that. I think Bradley's lost. The it. discipline is gone. I mean that it, I haven't, you know, the, the players haven't said anything and that's nice, but you can just tell, I mean, when you're, when you get two players ejected a couple weeks ago and mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey commits a, you know, one of the players who was ejected Ramsey comes back the following week, commits a, you know, a just really, really bad late hit personal foul on yeah. the first possession of the game. You got guys throwing helmets on the sideline, Bortles Jeez. included. They just, it, they just look like a, a really broken football team top to bottom. And, you know, even even this banged up Chiefs team, I think, should be able to pull this one out. Think so too. Um, Steelers Ravens. You're a Ravens guy. We'll move right into right into them. Right. Jury's still out on whether uh, Ben Roethlisberger plays in this game. Probably going to come down to a game time call. Uh, but we'll start with Pittsburgh. Even if it is Landry Jones under center, does that change at all how you feel about skill position guys? You know, Antonio Brown, Sammy Coates, Marcus Wheaton, Le'Veon Bell. I think uh, first off, do you remember when this game used to be fun? Like when yes. people used to look forward to this. DVR and I talk about teams that seem like they play eight times a year, and, and the Steelers and the Ravens is one of those matchups. Yeah, it always used to be like a lock to to one of at least one of those games would be on national television. Right. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will say, at least in recent years, because we we've seen a trend where neither or, or we're not having both teams be good at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually what happens is the team that's playing or having the worst season kind of drags the better team down into the mud with them. That's what we saw with the Ravens last mm-hmm. year. I was witness, live witness to the Ryan Mallett game. Uh, the again, game? The game, yes. Uh, he was wearing number seven, you know, Kyle Bowler's number. A little bit disrespectful to give, I to give his thought number so away too, like yeah. that. But, you know, uh, you live and you learn. But, you know... Looking at this game, I, I'm not worried about a guy like Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell if Landry if Landry Jones is starting, but I, I would be a little bit more worried if, uh, for like the ancillary characters, mm-hmm. your Sammy Coates, your Darius Hayward Bays, and so on and so forth, right. because uh, you know I think that Jones is is extremely limited as a passer, and Brown is pretty much the only sure thing, and and. Uh, Coates really, he just needs to get open way down the field. I'm not sure that Jones can get it there uh, accurately whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So that 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 sort of uh, takes the venom out of out of Sammy Coates for this week. Although the Ravens will do their best to try to let him get behind them. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean Coates over the last two weeks. I think just five targets, one catch. I mean he hasn't really been the same yeah, without that Roethlisberger thumb. deep ball threat. Uh, Antonio Brown, though, I mean, virtually quarterback proof at this yeah, point. If, you, Not if you're a guy benching you Antonio be Brown, then I'd like to see a receiver right, core yeah. otherwise. No, you're right, though, about this matchup. Um, you know, it, it has lost its luster a little bit, and I, I think it was always such a defensive-based matchup. You know, Joey Porter against Ray Lewis, mm-hmm. LeVon Kirkland against Peter Bulwer, whoever. Like, now, like, all those, oh, yeah. those like, kind of early... Early two thousands, late nineties stars have kind of yeah, Ed Reed. You know they've they've kind of faded out, and uh, you know it's, it's a new era, I guess, of, of football. And the, there's just not those household names in this matchup. There's really not. I mean, it, uh, I don't think that there's one single guy on the Steelers defense. You're like, yeah, he's the guy. I mean, I guess maybe Ryan Shazier, but you know, mm-hmm. what, it's really a question of like when he's does an he Ohio pull State his guy. I can't really. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. And then you know, Mo- C.J. Mosley on the other side of the ball. He's a Bama guy, so he's like, good. You know, he's very good, though. Yeah, no, he is pretty solid. Big fan of his, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, he is a Bama guy as well. And I don't think he's necessarily a household name per se. He's, I think he was the first uh, 
pro bowler the Ravens have drafted since like the 08 class actually and everyone Yikes. always gives Ozzie Newsome tons of credit probably mm-hmm. too much uh but the drafts have been terrible and we're kind of seeing the fruits yeah. of that uh these past two seasons with just uh no depth so when when your starters that have been starting for a ton of time uh get hurt uh you really have nothing to put behind them and right. and uh you know you're you're seeing that like that 3 and 0 start for the Ravens was a complete farce uh the the 3 and 4 or 3 and 5 mark that they're at now is more indicative of where they actually are. Mm-hmm. Ravens might get Steve Smith back uh in this game he hasn't played in just about calendar month uh probably going to come down to a game time call for him as well. Looks like he didn't practice today. Not a great sign, but nope. he's old so he doesn't necessarily have to true. practice. He's an old man. The Cleveland Browns play host to the Dallas Cowboys uh, on paper, maybe the most lopsided matchup of the week. Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, the Browns, though, like for an 0 and 8 team, like they've been really competitive. They've been in just about every single game down, you know, in deep into the second half, uh, just kind of finding ways to lose games. But they are good at that. Yeah, they are. But it hasn't been like comical. You know, usually when you think back to like the the Lions team, you know, you have those images of Dan Orlovsky running through the back of the end zone, <laughs> scrambling for his life. Like there hasn't been that with the Browns. There hasn't been Josh McCown you know, human helicoptering uh, across the goal line with the ball flying. It, <laughs> yeah. They've been very – they've looked like a competent football team. They look like a more confident team uh, than the Jaguars have for a lot of this year. And, and you know, even a team like the Niners. Uh, That's they just true. I would rather be a Browns fan than a Niners Yeah, like they've right been now. like – they've actually like lost encouragingly six out of eight times, which is you can't really usually say about a lot of 0-8 team, teams, teams, but, teams, but they're going to get kind of steamrolled by this Cowboys team. Yeah, even the Cowboys are really picking up steam. Cowboys are good. Yes, officially. It's, yeah, they are officially good. They get Dez back uh, again. You know, over a hundred yards in his return last week. Uh, a very like Dez. Dez catch in the mm-hmm. end zone for a touchdown. But you know, a catch that four other receivers in the NFL maybe make. Yeah, to, um, to hang on to that ball when when it was really getting swatted out by, by a cornerback. I mean, the the cornerback had a perfect position to, to mm-hmm. knock that ball out. So you you are right. Like that that really was something that pretty much Dez and only a handful of other guys make. Yeah, and, and that's what really does bring. You know, we haven't seen him over a large sample yet with, with Dak Prescott, but it's those type of plays. You know, even if he's not getting targeted 15 times, it's, you know, those, those one or two really valuable targets that no one, you know, no other receiver on this team, and like we just said, not many receivers in the league uh, can make those type of plays. Is a seven and a half, or excuse me, just seven point spread. Uh, is, is that enough, Cowboys by seven? Well, you got to think, you know, we, we just talked about this Jaguars Chiefs game. Is this as. Uh, you know as lopsided or more lopsided I would I would say probably yeah I mean the the Cowboys are really rolling right now they are on the road though correct yes correct okay so I mean that 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 does add an element uh for sure you know for a rookie quarterback of course uh but I I don't think that the Cleveland's going to be able to slow down Ezekiel Elliott um I think that he's going to be a huge problem I mean like pretty much the the Cowboys offense is so balanced they can hurt you in so many different ways uh that I, I think that there's no way that that they get you know below probably like 28 points and that defense has been playing well enough they're a little bit banged up right now not really sure well like Morris Claiborne's uh groin issue uh is gonna is gonna turn out to be on Sunday he's having a nice year uh, and I think it's his contract here coming up you know coming off his rookie mm-hmm. contract and he's kind of needed that um but we'll have to see what's going on there. But I, I just don't really see, even with Josh McCown at the helm, I don't really see this Cleveland offense uh, putting up more than like 17 points here. So I think the, the Cowboys should be able to get this, even though Cleveland did just trade for uh, Jamie Collins from the Patriots. Although I, I feel like 
if you're a team and the and the Patriots call you and they're like, yeah, we want to we want to trade somebody, there's something horribly wrong just, with just that person. Un- disconnect your phone. Uh, <laughs> if it's a cell phone, just stop. You know, hammer yeah, just throw it. it. Something. Throw like, it in just the don't river. even like don't even answer that call. Like, as soon as you answer it, you're done. Like it's, even it's even if even if like. I'm picturing like the Cleveland's Matrix. GM is just like saying like he's trying to say no, but his mind is just like not cooperating with his mouth, and is like, yes, we will do that. We will give you whatever you want. <laughs> a third round compensatory right. pick. <laughs> yes, exactly, and uh, yeah, you, you just kind of you just can kind of see how like. I just feel like Collins is going to like go down for the season with some injury in like the first play of the game on Sunday, and he'd be like, oh, yep, of course, yeah, um, probably. Cleveland's the second worst rushing defense in the NFL right now per game, okay. uh, per carry. They're you know third or fourth worst, something like that. Uh, but they're allowing 144 yards per game. Uh, that's second only to San Francisco, which is allowing 185. Uh, that's obscene in the modern NFL. Um, but I mean Zeke, Zeke's had some big games. He's had some big carry games. If you're Dallas, um, you know, kind of knowing that this Cleveland team does have a tendency to hang around, uh, especially at home. I think you just you don't you don't ask Dak to do too much, even sure. though he's shown that he's capable of doing uh, quite a bit more than he was maybe in week one or two. You just got to let Zeke handle this. I mean, this could be a big, big game for Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, we're going to see him, you know, finishing off 15, 20-yard runs and, and doing, like, the, the keep feeding me uh, sign several times throughout this game. I think he, we're going to see him push for over 20 carries. And with that, you know, he's pretty much a, a, about as big of a lock as you're going to see for season-long or DFS to, to, to crack the 100-yard mark this mm-hmm. week and probably find the end zone. I think he's one of the chalkier plays. I mean, this matchup just sets up yeah. so well for him. And, you know, like you said, they, they – they tend to just feed him the rock, and they, they don't really tend to ask Dak to do too, too, too much. So I think we're going to see a huge game from Elliott mm-hmm. here. Yeah, I mean, this, this, after this game for Dallas, uh, you, you would think, uh, at least projecting out, that they'll move to 7-1 and one if they beat the Browns. Things toughen up a little bit. They're at Pittsburgh next week. You know, presumably Ben Roethlisberger will be back for that. Right. Home to the Ravens, probably a winnable game. Home Extremely. against Washington, uh, which I believe handed them their only loss on the season, correct? think so yeah or was it the Giants somebody in the division um and then after that the Giants again Buccaneers Lions and then at the Eagles to finish out yeah that's not, it's definitely not an easy stretch no it's not so I mean the NFC East I don't think is decided by any means yet uh but Dallas firmly in the driver's seat and, and they could kind of expand that this week the New York Jets are at the Miami Dolphins Dolphins come in off of the bye week, uh, Jets just squeaked one out over that Cleveland team we just talked about. Uh, the big story here is Jay Ajayi, right? I mean, if we're yes. talking fantasy, the last two games that he's played, 200-plus yards, he's looked, you know, drawing Ricky Williams comparisons oh for, you know, numerous reasons. Um, I mean, what are your expectations? He's not going for 200-plus again, is he? I, I wouldn't imagine so. Even, you know, with fresh legs coming off the bye week, I think that certainly helps things, and I think that that is going to help him have a nice day against the Jets, but I don't think he's going to put up, like, the video game numbers. I think the Jets, you know, for all their warts, they can still stop the run a little bit. They're, they, the, they're the best rushing D in the league per game. I, I think that uh, we could see, if you, if you are hanging on to any of your Dolphins receivers, it uh, looks like uh, Darrell Revis is completely toast, in my opinion. I think so yeah I think he allowed like 12 completions last week or something to that effect so uh, we might see you know if you got like some if you're a deep league you got some like Devontae Parker or you got some Jarvis Landry uh, going across the middle uh, that's I mean you could be in for like actually somehow a decent game from the from those Mm -hmm. pass catchers here I never know what to do with the Dolphins receiving core. I have I don't have any exposure to Landry but I have I have stills in a league I have Parker in a couple leagues and like 
I mean, it's so hit or miss with both of those guys. Stills is basically, if he gets an 80-yard touchdown, it's worth it, but he's probably only yeah. going to get one or two other catches. Parker, like, the targets seem to be there, but sometimes Tannehill is just so off that it mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. I mean, Parker to me, well, Parker, I guess, and Stills kind of compared to, like, Robinson and Hearns for how that's worked out this year. Okay, I think that's a fair comparison. And then, uh, you know, uh, Landry, just because of how he's used, uh, he actually is still pretty viable, especially if you play in like PPR formats or if you're mm-hmm. playing in a, in like a PPR format for for DFS purposes, uh, because he gets a huge target volume and he's, you know, he's like the de facto receiver that's open within 10 yards mm-hmm. of the field and that's pretty much the only area that you're really trusting Ryan Tannehill to hit with any sort of accuracy so that really helps his his uh, target count and really helps his mm-hmm. uh, like if uh, his like catch rate so uh he's a guy that you can definitely look for he's not you, you know your deep threat per se that would be more the Parker or Stills but right. you know as we saw in week one and as many owners uh you know cringe still thinking about that Kenny Stills just wide open touchdown against the Seahawks that he dropped that you the know season looks a lot different I think for yeah. maybe both of those teams if he makes that catch my god yeah it does it actually. really does so, um hey. so I'm, look, I'm looking at NFL MVP odds right now okay. and I always try to talk about this with DVR I just think he doesn't care about petty awards like this as much as I do okay. um but I mean, Tom Brady's the favorite right now. He might he's going to play twelve games. He's on pace for something like thirty five touchdowns, no picks. Yeah, the, the listeners can't see my eyes rolling right. out of my head, but they are. I, okay, so yeah. question one: Should Tom Brady be able to win the MVP if he only plays twelve games? No. Okay. Even though I 12 think he should, is his but number. that's fine. Uh, two, if if not Brady, who is the MVP at midseason right now? I'll read you some of the other top okay. uh, in order, um, courtesy of our good pals at Bovada. Matt Ryan is two behind Brady. He's at plus five fifty. Ezekiel Elliott at plus 750, Dak at plus 1,200, oh Derek Carr at plus 1,200, David Johnson at plus 2,000. Then you have Luck, Rodgers, and Wilson, uh, as well as Drew Brees all at 2,500. I actually kind of like Derek Carr. If he if he's able to keep the, the Raiders rolling here, I know that I see your eyes rolling out of your head now, but I, I think he's, I mean, he's putting up insane numbers right now. He just uh, set a, a Raiders record last weekend. I know it was against the Bucs, but he was on the road too, and uh, it was an impressive game from him. Uh, it seems like he, he really does have that Raiders team turned around. That Raiders does. team does have uh, some flaws to it, especially on the defensive uh, side of the ball, especially in the secondary. I think Sean Smith is banged up. Uh, he left last week's game. I don't know how long he's going to be out for but you know for for the Raiders to be six and two right now and uh, I believe are they in the driver's seat right now in the in the west or are they oh, they're just... tied with Denver okay that makes I think sense. they have two meetings left that's true so that, that that's gonna that's gonna say a lot you know we still have a lot to see from the Raiders uh but I think if Carr is able to you know keep this thing going then he's like a little, nice little dark horse candidate <laughs> yeah, I would say he is I mean the numbers say he is for sure I mean, and I was more shaking my head at like there was talk at the beginning of the year like would you rather have car or Bortles and then there's all those mm. sites that rank the players <laughs> and like I think everybody had Bortles ahead of car and it's like wow you were so wrong and I feel like an idiot for believing no that points. too uh but the thing with car is like he I think he has to put he would have to go like 38 and like six picks to get it because yeah. like Dak and Zeke playing in Dallas like if that if that Dallas team wins like 13 games and Zeke rushes for 1900 yards and Ooh, like 20 man. touchdowns like I don't want I don't, a rookie's never won MVP, right? Uh, I don't at least so. not in like the quote unquote modern era, right? Um, so that would be something in itself. And the the Dak thing is interesting. Like, I don't know. I would not bet on Dak Prescott right now, just because we don't even know if he's going to be starting I mean, in would, two weeks. It would be crazy if Dak won it. Like that for, would be for awesome. as like you know quote unquote like valuable. If you if you look at the MVP, not as the best player, but the most yeah. valuable. Um, then you know he, he's certainly a guy that you you could consider. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, he's. 
he's not like running like a childproof offense the way like RG three was mm-hmm. uh, his rookie year. I mean, the, the, you know, he has a little bit more freedom uh, and responsibility there, but I, I still, I mean, those just aren't MVP numbers. No, that's you know? the thing. It's like I think if if you're going to say, all right, I'm gonna, you know, in the scenario, Dallas wins 13, 14 games, whatever, you're gonna say, all right, I'm giving the award to a cowboy. Like Zeke to me is the clear favorite there. Like I, I mean, this so is too. as good as Dak's been. Like. He's been good relative to what we expected, I think, more so than relative to like how you would rate an MVP. Yes. Um, but what do you? What are your? How surprised, I guess, are you that Dak's been able to do this as someone who analyzed him, you know, heavily as a college as a college football player, and then as kind of a pre-draft prospect? Right. I mean, uh, you know, he was a guy I think that was in my top five or just outside of it. You know, in the pre-draft rankings, uh, he's a guy that I expected to be a little bit more of a project. Uh, certainly, once Romo goes down, once Kellen Moore goes down. Uh, you, you see like, okay, this guy's going to have to start. And then you see what he's able to do in the preseason. And, and you're, you're amazed by it. It's like, wow, there's really no drop off from what he was doing at Miss State right now. This is, this is unbelievable. And then of course, you know, as always, the detractors come jumping in and, you know, oh, it's a preseason game, like, you know, and they're all freaking out and, you know, just trying to give him as little credit as possible, despite the fact that Dak, Dak probably couldn't have been playing any better at that point. And he's, mm-hmm. he's been able to carry it over to an extent this season. You know, he, I think last week was a little bit of a tougher matchup, didn't play as well as we've seen, but he still had like a really nice like day for fantasy purposes, I think, mm-hmm. uh, or his touchdown late in the game uh, won me a matchup, which was awesome um and i think i think that yeah dak dak's a guy that's uh, nothing is too big for him i would say like he he's extremely level-headed always has been and i think that's one of his biggest uh strong suits and he's got a he's got a nice arm he just knows how to how to like uh be in the pocket uh and he can obviously make plays if things break down and and you know get himself down the field uh for some nice runs as well so yeah dak's playing about uh as well as you could have possibly hoped uh him to play in his rookie year form yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, Dallas basically has like locked up number one and two in offensive rookie of the year voting, which is kind of crazy. And yes. kind of like that's. I mean, that's how good those two guys have been. That Carson Wentz is basically out of it at this point. Four um, yards per attempt last week or something. Right, it was embarrassing. Well, the thing with Dag is like not only is he thrust into this position to start right away, like it's starting for the Dallas Cowboys, who are like you know clearly the most popular team I think in football right now nationally. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a guy who's from Louisiana. I don't I don't know who he rooted for growing up, but you know there's a lot of Cowboys crossover into exactly. a state like that. Um, you know probably the Saints I suppose. Um, but still, I mean, just just kind of obscene how how good he's been, and it's been a lot of fun to watch in that spotlight. So that's yeah. a good point. Speaking with the NFC East, uh, the Eagles four and three taking on the Giants in New York this weekend. Uh, I mean, is either of these teams making the playoffs? Uh, I'm not really sure. I mean, you got to kind of look at the landscape uh, the, of the rest of the NFC right now. I mean, uh, you got the Packers in contention for a wild card. Uh, the Bucks, you know, at three and four are second in their division, along with the Saints. So that that's probably not. Well, where, let's see. Like, where where are the wild cards coming? What divisions? It seems like the East it would be your odds-on favorite. I mean, outside of outside of uh, a Packers or Vikings, I would say. I, so it's got to be one of these two teams. So this really yeah. does kind of become a pivotal matchup here. Right. Well, that's the thing. It's like I, th- I still think so. I think Green Bay probably gets a wild card or maybe Minnesota, depending on how that shakes out. I mean, th- we'll get to the Vikings in a little bit. I mean, that they look all of a sudden a little bit, well, quite a bit more shaky than yes, they, they did do. two weeks ago. Um, but even Detroit, I mean, is that four and four? Um, You're clicking to a me, little bit. Arizona is still right there. Like that's a team you don't want to play. Like if it's week seventeen and you have to play Arizona in basically like a play-in game, mm-hmm. I would side with Arizona. Um, 
So I still, you know, they're three, four, and one. I still look out for them. But right, like you said, I mean, the NFC East is by record the best division uh, in the NFL right now. I mean, you got six and one, four and three, four and three, four, three and one. Um, so it's really anybody's, uh, you know, game, I guess, behind Dallas to, mm-hmm. to try to jockey for a wild card spot. I just feel like the Giants, Eagles, and the Redskins are all just going to beat up on each other and all finish like It does feel that way. And, uh, you know, I think any one of those teams can beat the other one. I, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, each team presents like a different terrible matchup for for the opponent for the opposition I think like the Giants are going to be able to throw on the Eagles a little bit this week I think you know it helps that the Giants uh, are coming off a bye week they should be reasonably well rested uh, you know and then the Eagles had to play a a very contested uh, you know late Sunday night game so I think they might be a little bit wiped out here uh, and they're going on the road I guess so I think I think the Giants uh, I give them the edge here personally um, but, you know, you could easily see, uh, you know, a team like the Redskins beating either one of these teams moving forward. Mm-hmm. I think I think you put it right. Like they, these teams are just going to kind of cannibalize each other. And that's kind of been the case in recent years. And I don't think that that's necessarily mm-hmm. going to change this time around. Yeah, I've, I've gotten much more into like picking games these last two seasons than I have fantasy um, and still love fantasy. And, you know, everyone who works at Rotowire obviously does. Sure. But uh just picking games has made me like just hate pretty much every team because like the, <laughs> yeah, there's so burns, many, like yeah. this season alone there's there's like three teams that I trust week to week it's like New England Denver and, and maybe there's only two probably just those two at this yep. point maybe some Pittsburgh when when Big Ben is healthy but I mean the entire NFC East uh outside of Dallas right now is a complete crapshoot week to week same with the north same with the south same with the west like it's just a, a nightmare season for for pools like that uh Detroit at Minnesota uh, in an NFC North matchup. I'm a little bit worried about the Vikings. Um, I think we're allowed to be at this I point. I think so, yeah. you. Uh, this feels a little bit like the Bills situation where like they made a very reactionary decision, and, and North Turner resigned, you know, but you don't just resign for no reason. You know, It seems like they probably gave him the chance to say, you can either step down or we're getting rid of you. Yep. So you have a new OC coming honor. in, taking the reins on a short week uh, with only, what, a two, three days, basically, to, to prepare. Yeah, exactly, after an um, embarrassing loss to the Bears on right, Monday exactly. night. Right, exactly. Yeah, embarrassing. Good, good, <laughs> Zinger. Good pun there. Um, so to me, this five-and-a-half-point line uh, for, for the Vikings, even at home, does seem a little high because they the offense hasn't shown up either the last two weeks. The defense hasn't been as dominant. Nope. And this Lions team can kind of throw all over on anybody. I mean, they look, they've looked bad in, like, two or three games, but they've looked very good yeah, they in were, three or they four had others. Won like four, they had won four straight going into last week. And, yeah. you know, I, oddly enough, like, one of the weirder just sort of trends of this season is that I believe Houston's unbeaten at home. So yeah, maybe great, maybe great they team, are legitimately tough at home. Uh, so you, maybe you can't really put too much blame on the Lions for for taking the L there. But you know the Vikings are, are a disaster right now on offense. Uh, you know they don't have a running game. They never were going to have a running game without Adrian Peterson. But I think it's worse than people feared. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they'll get McKinnon back this week. But you know, kind of like getting Ronnie Hillman off the street earlier in the season, and you know riding Matt Asiata, I don't think that's a recipe for success, and I think that uh, kind of hurts uh, the passing game, and I think it allows teams to sort of just dare people to throw on them, and they, they're allowed to rush the passer, and if you looked at last week's game, I mean, the, I don't think that the Bears, by any extent, have the, the sort of bear defense that, we've, that we used to see in the mid-2000s, but it sort of looked that way on, on Monday night against the Vikings offensive line. I believe the right side 
of the Vikings offensive line gave up something to the effect of like 14 pressures in the second half alone against uh, the Vikings or against the Bears on Monday night. So, I mean, that that's very telling, you know. So you, you'd have to imagine if you have like IDPs uh, on the D-line for, for the Lions, a guy like Ansa or something, uh, you know, you, I would imagine that he's going to be able to, to pick up a sack or two against the Vikings. I think Bradford's going to be on his back a lot this week because obviously mm-hmm. the Lions off- or the Vikings offensive line showed that they can look pretty pedestrian against basically any defensive front. And I think that's a huge issue. Right. Yeah, I think this Vikings team probably played a little bit over its head for the first five weeks of the year. And I was heaping on the praise, man. Was so bad. was I. I mean, they looked awesome. Even you know after AP went down, that the offense started looking better. But I think it's starting to show now that they don't really have any weapons in this offense outside of Stephon Diggs, and he hasn't really Maryland been fully guy. healthy since week three. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not out in the Vikings by any means. I still, I still think they're the best team in this division because green Bay has looked so shaky. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it's going to be a fun, fun race over the second half. Do you need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix has something for you. It's used by more than 84 million people worldwide. Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. If you need to get the word out about your business, it all starts with a stunning website. With hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor feature, there's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer, nor do you need to be a designer to create something beautiful. You can do it all yourself at Wix.com. Wix empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy, too busy, too busy worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. That's where Wix comes in. With Wix, it is easy. It's also free. Go to Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com to create your own website today. The result is stunning. All right, let's move on to Panthers and Rams. Somehow the two and five Panthers don't seem like they're quite dead yet. Most right. teams that you know come into last week one and five, and you know, granted they pulled off an impressive victory on uh, at home against the, the Cardinals, but most two and five teams at, you know, at week eight or week nine, I guess now in the season, you are ready to write them off with this Carolina team. I'm not quite ready to do that. And part of that is no one's really running away with this NFC South. That's true. And, and, you know, the, the Falcons could be running into a potential trap game here this evening. So if, if they drop that game and the Panthers pick up the win on, on the road against the Rams, which is no easy task. The Rams can really kind of uh, drag you down into the mud in their mm-hmm. own right. But yeah, like you said, you know, most two and five teams aren't the Panthers. Most two and five teams aren't defending conference champions. You know, like the the Panthers still have some talent. Obviously, their their defense, especially the secondary, isn't nearly as good as it was. Uh, I think that's been their biggest issue. Luckily, the Rams aren't yeah. going to exploit that whatsoever. They might not even have to put out a secondary. Yes. You, know, you might just be able to line up 11 guys on the line, which is what teams have basically been doing with Todd Gurley. Yep. Uh, as a dogs guy, a dogs alum, uh, University of Dogs, yeah. what is up with, with Todd Gurley? Um, What's the I, deal? Have you talked to him? I mean, we... we just a couple of alumni? A little heart-to-heart. You know, we have the same birthday. Oh, we both love the went, Simpsons. Went down to the student union, maybe grab some yeah, beers? You know, had to, no, we, just dry campus, okay? It's Georgia. Is there's it really? No, there's no drinking there. Oh, that's right. I forgot. It's <laughs> Mormon, right? Yes, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is. Okay. You know, uh, So very virtuous school. Uh, definitely not affiliated with the world's largest outdoor cocktail party whatsoever. Hey, no, it's the Rumble by the River or something, right? <laughs> God. I'm still so upset that that is a thing. I hope it doesn't actually become a thing. But uh, back to the point, though, with with Gurley, it, it feels like the like the like the scene at, towards the end of Goodwill Hunting, where where Robin Williams is talking to Matt Damon. He's like, 
it's not your fault. It's not your fault. I mean, it's really not his fault. It, it's just it's, it's sort of a situation where Case Keenum is starting at quarterback and teams just don't care. They don't respect that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have no receivers to really scare you. I mean, if, if like, Brian Quick is your scariest receiver. Kenny then... Britt's been kind of good, man, all right? Okay, <laughs> that's, that's there you the go. You and then, like, and then, <laughs> hey, man. Like, there, there it is. I mean, that's, that's your best mm-hmm. – uh, weapon to, to sort of make defenses try to try to defend that as opposed to stacking eight nine guys in the box against Gurley I mean Gurley's a guy that's, that's constantly getting hit behind that behind the line and that offensive line obviously isn't holding up its end of the bargain either uh, probably uh, about as bad if not worse than the Vikings one so there, there are issues all across that line and uh, I just think that the, the Rams are just you know They've taken on the personality of their coach, uh, Jeff Fisher, and they're just headed for another mediocre season under a mediocre coach. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was joking with DVR, only kind of half joking, I guess, last week about like if somebody at the beginning of the year, um, you know, you often see these kind of bets with Super Bowls. You know, you can take all right this team or the field or Tiger Woods versus the field. Like sure. when you're talking about the Rams, if somebody before week one would have said finish eight and eight or the field like they yeah, finish either at eight and eight or any other record yeah. uh i think i would take eight and eight yes in a in a heartbeat actually you know like it, and, you know close second might be seven and nine yeah I right mean, yeah that was like yeah like no upside that's like that plus team. 200 right um but yeah enough rams talk that's not a fun team to talk about i, I get Sorry, i get kind of sad talking about todd because i really wanted him to have no. a big year but he's still got time saints at the niners I mean, this seems like it could be like 50 to 7 Saints, but it also seems like it could be like 21 to 7 Niners because the Saints just have those type of games yeah, when they, they go on they the road. The, they have the penchant to just sort of really disappoint like really bad owners and betters alike. I mean, it's it's an issue where, you know, like oh man, like here we go like against the against the Chargers or, or right. whatnot, uh, you know, team that they should completely light up. I guess they still put up a good amount of points in that game, they but they you know, they, they they do have a penchant to disappoint you, and and the Niners for how terrible they are, I think they're actually like moderately decent at home as far as their defense is concerned. I don't think that offense is good, uh, no matter where you put them. That's a take. Yeah, put it putting it out there, man, serving it up. But uh, yeah, I think the Saints, uh, you know, if they show up, uh, they, they should really be able to to put on a show here against that Niners defense. And obviously. I think probably like the hottest waiver wire pickup this week, probably Tim Hightower. Would you would you argue? I think so. Yeah, I mean, um, we're gonna see if you have like you know extra fab money, uh, you know for for your waivers. Uh, he's a guy that that you know if you can really drop the hammer and way outbid pretty much everyone else in your league and grab him because it really does seem like Mark Ingram is in that doghouse and it's it's an issue. Yeah, for, for, as far as Ingram is concerned, so Ingram owners uh, should definitely be worried and definitely be trying to to grab a guy like Hightower right now. Yeah, it's getting to that point in the year where you know if you you kind of start getting worried, where you know you don't want to end the year with seventy dollars in Fab that you never spent, um, and you know th- those kind of options are kind of trickling out of of the waiver wire. So yeah, Hightower, I, I would agree with you, probably the number one guy at least at the running back position this week. Uh, this game has the highest over under on the slate. Not surprising. 52 and a half most of that you would think coming from new orleans um but we'll see i mean this this saints team like you said is it's been like this for the last two or three years where they look really good they i mean they beat seattle last week uh which which i still think is a, is a pretty good team I mean, the jury's I out too. jury's out on seattle uh still but you know they, they the defense came up with a stop at the end which you almost never see out in new orleans that was shocking. um right and 
you know, the 49ers might be the worst non-Jaguars team in football right now, but the Saints can can play with anybody and they can lose with anybody too. That's so we'll see. Sure. Uh, Titans at the Chargers. Are, the Titans might be kind of good. I don't know. I love the Titans, man. Yeah, the, I hate the Titans. They're the one oh, pro yeah. sports team that I actively root against. Um, <laughs> this stems back to you know the AFC title game. Talking Jags, man. right? Talking Jags. Eddie, and, Eddie uh, George. Yeah, sorry. I mean, don't don't bring that. I mean, he's a Buckeye too, which is like double. Oof, and yeah. now he's on, he's in like plays and stuff. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, he's he's on like Broadway now. Really? Yeah, yeah. Good for him, I guess. Right? It's, it's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Uh, but the Titans can run the ball. They ran all over Jacksonville last week. Mm-hmm. Um, they have two of, I think, like the top 20 running backs in the league. One of them is probably top five in DeMarco Murray. Yep. And Derrick Henry, I think, would be starting for 60% of teams in the league, 70%. I mean, he's that yeah, good, I yeah. really think. He is. And when he when he got drafted by the, by the Titans in the second round, I, I liked the draft slot for him. Yeah. You know, I, I think that, you know, uh, his issue of being able to to really get up to speed immediately, uh, I think that was always going to prevent him from being a first rounder in all likelihood. But going to the Titans, I was like, why? Like, it is, you know, he's not going to see any any work behind Demarco Murray. But you see what happens. Uh, you know, last week Demarco uh, injures, I believe, his toe or his foot, uh, and they let uh, Henry out of of the. Um, out of the doghouse, I guess, and he was able to. He only ran for like three point eight yards per carry or something like that. But I mean, he looked a lot better than that. I mean, he's just. He, you watch him and you're like, yeah, that's a guy I would want on my team. He's just yeah. a force. Yeah, I mean, he's such a, an asset to have as your second running back. Um, yeah, and, but he, he's so similar to Murray, I think, in in a lot of ways. You know, the way he runs, the you know, he, a lot. You see a lot of these two back systems. You know, scat back and then a power back. Like these guys are both power backs who can run too. I mean, it's not like it's a TJ Duckett out here. I mean, they're both <laughs> six one, six two. I mean, Henry's listed at two fifty. Who knows where he's actually at? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, sixty yards on sixteen carries against Jacksonville had a fifteen yard touchdown. Um, he looks really good and, and did some damage through the year as well. So we're coming up I, on the one year anniversary yeah. of the Derrick Henry uh, versus Leonard Fournette game. We are from last year, and uh, Fournette had like 31 yards on 16 carries, and, and Derrick Henry ran for 210 yards and, and three touchdowns, and effectively stole the Heisman out of Leonard Fournette's hand uh, that night. So I'm really excited for this week's matchup. For you know, a little bit off topic there. But Where is Fournette's draft stock at? This is just my personal curiosity. I mean, it, I feel like I hear something different every week. It and it does it does kind of change every week. I mean, like uh, when, once he missed his second consecutive game earlier this season, you start to wonder because he ha- he hasn't looked explosive at all this year. You know, he he hurt that ankle in in fall camp. And then he banged it up against the Badgers. I think he's been like demoralized mentally after that Badger it, game. It really did feel that Can't way a little him. bit, actually. Can't and blame him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who, who can? But uh, uh, the sort of just savagery that you saw from from him against Ole Miss makes you think that he's back. And if he plays like that, then he's like a surefire first rounder. So you know, uh, this week is obviously a huge test. Bama, best defense in the country. Uh, Always seems to be that way. Uh, always seems to give Fournette a tough time the last two times that he's faced them. Uh, so this is a really big proving ground for him. And I think if, if he's able to, I mean, it's obviously not going to be one game changes his draft stock completely. But if he has nice film against a team like Bama, that, then I think that's going to uh, really uh, favorably factor in for his draft stock overall. I, I still imagine that he'll be uh, probably running back one, especially with, with uh, how shaky like Nick Chubb's been this year. 
Mm-hmm. I saw Nick Nick Chubb had a meeting with his offensive coordinator yeah, like, this week. We, That's awesome. Can we run the ball more? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> pretty much like, please give me the ball. He seriously said, I mean, like uh, him and Sonny Michelle had like 11 carries last week against Florida. That was just not okay. That was embarrassing. That was one of the worst football mm-hmm. games I've ever watched. All right, Colts are at the Green Bay Packers. Um, this Packers offense has just gotten reached like weirdly bizarre levels in terms of personnel. Yes. Ty Montgomery's status still very much up in the air, dealing with uh, some sickle cell complications. Randall mm-hmm. Cobb still limited at practice Wednesday. We'll see where he's at. Both of those guys did not play last week. Uh, that opened the door for Devontae Adams. 25 still. catches now over the last two weeks. Uh, is he good at football now? I mean, uh, you probably watch a little bit more Packers than I, I do, yeah. but I, I actually did watch both of those games, and uh seems like, you know, if you literally just throw him the ball enough, it'll work. And it, it seems like, unlike last year, he's able to catch the ball when you throw it to him. That's big. So that's, that's big a, for a lot of receivers. No, it's seriously a thing. So, uh, you know, now that he's able to catch the ball, uh, it's it's been great. You know, 25 catches over the last two weeks, like you said, that's pretty unbelievable stuff. Uh, so... Uh, you know, when when guys like Montgomery, who I guess is more of a running back at this point, even though really he wears a number he in the in the 80s, you know, just kind of throwing off defenses, throwing off fans yeah. and viewers and the like. Uh, and Cobb obviously still hurting. Uh, you know, what are you going to do? You lean on like Jeff Janis? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Some people probably are. His folk, um, folk hero Jared Aberderis is gone. I mean, yeah, did, tough. Have you been able to open up on the air about about losing Aberderis? I don't care about that. Fair actually, enough. weird story. Uh, in high school, Jared Aberderis' team actually knocked my team out of the playoffs our final year. A jerk. Well, I guess it would have been my junior year. I was not a part of I was on the team. I was just you know kind of like a half mascot, half player type of thing. <laughs> I, I had nothing to do with the outcome of that Dual game. Threat. But Jared Aberderis, we had a very strong team that year. Uh, and Jared Aberderis was the quarterback, punter, kicker. Punt returner, kick returner, oh, no. and just he was good. I mean, it was a relatively <laughs> close game, but he he was that good, He's and it's not really a surprise to see how his career has turned out. Um, you know, as far as making the NFL, uh, but again, yeah, this Packers offense could look a lot like last week's in terms of personnel, depending on how Montgomery and Cobb end up. But mm-hmm. Nelson and and Adams were enough to to probably win that game in Atlanta last week. You got to think if you put up thirty two points on the road, you're going to win a lot of games, That's a good but. Point. Uh, obviously, that did, that did not work out in the Packers' favor. They parted way with Niall Davis earlier this week, which you would think is a good sign for someone like James Starks returning soon. Um, but right now, I mean, it might be another week where it's Rodgers and, and Aaron Ripkowski leading the team in carries, as was the case uh, in Week 8. Jeez, that's that's uh, very interesting. I, you really just hope that Montgomery comes back at that point. Did you? Like 12, yeah, that's carries. the thing. I was like, I, I don't know if there was something internal with Davis, but like, you don't make that move right without some knowledge that you're getting one of those guys back you would hope i think part of it was a financial thing where like they, yeah. they didn't have to pay him if they cut him in time well i think they didn't have to give up the pick either right the compensatory pick that would have gone to to kc there yeah so, uh, they, so that's pretty much it. saw like it wasn't going to work out and yeah i mean i think you you're probably on to something in in the sense that uh you know they might be uh, pretty close to getting some, you know, some depth back at the running back position. Uh, but, you know, it was also just a shrewd, you know, business decision, mm-hmm. essentially. 
Yeah, a lot of those in Green Bay. Did you see so you watched the game last week against Atlanta? I did. Did you see the? Uh, I think it had to be first or second and goal from about the two or three when they ran like they ran like a bubble screen to Ripkowski. Oh God, yeah, unbelievable! <laughs> like that was ingenuity. I, I love that play, but like I've never seen it thrown to a fullback. Yeah, yeah. If you if you're throwing any sort of you know like get this guy in space and the and the guy's name is Ripkowski, like right. it, there's probably yeah, you got to get something. Ripkowski out in space. Like let him make a move. Like I just thought that was get just one of the weirdest calls space. I've ever seen. But that's that's where the Packers are at. Like he was like maybe their best option for that play. Goodness. I think we're gonna probably see like that patented uh, Texas Tech is the team I always think about that ran that that jailbreak screen for Crabtree. Oh, you know yeah. where you, you, know, you get three four yards downfield and then just cut in with with the whole line kind of coming out and <laughs> we might see that with Rifkowski this week. That would uh, be incredible. But real quickly on the Colts, like I I kind of like the Colts this week. I think the Packers yeah. are are just so shaky offensively. Like they seem due to have one of those weeks where they just can't move the ball. Um, yes. Uh, I, don't, I hope that's not the case because they're a hell of a lot more fun to watch when they can move the ball. Um, but, you know, that this Colts team is bad, but they still have Andrew Luck, who, when healthy, is a top five or six quarterback mm-hmm. in the league. That receiving core is finally getting healthy. Uh, you know, the offense has not been that bad outside of that line. Right. Uh, so we'll see if Green Bay can can get pressure on the on the quarterback. Yeah, copy and paste the whole thing about, uh, you know, they're, they're good besides the offensive line. Copy and paste that from, like, 2012. And, uh, you know, every single week it seems to fit. They, I don't know why they've just decided to sit on their laurels as far as their offensive line is concerned. I know they drafted Ryan Kelly in the first round this year, but – just feels like that line is is just like eternally. It's just like one of those like famous, you know, like the Ravens always used to have a good defense. You always used to think of them mm-hmm. as a, you know for their strong defense. Like you you think of Indianapolis and you're just like for their bad th- th- line. yeah for their bad offense. Like it's something you can always point to at least. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you probably think of Andrew Luck if you're a normal person, but mm-hmm. you know that line is is really mm-hmm. atrocious. So the, the Packers should you know a, as any other team should be able to get a lot of pressure and get a lot of hits on mm-hmm. Andrew Luck this week. But I do kind of see where you're coming from as far as the the offense maybe potentially turning in a clanker because you know that sort of personnel that they have it's not it's not a bankable 32 points every single no. week like we like what I feel we like saw they last they played week. as well as they could have last week <laughs> yeah, given, absolutely. given the situation and I don't know if they can replicate that although the opponent no not as formidable That's and true. you're at home so things working in favor of the Packers uh all right we'll get to the Sunday and Monday night games in a sec I have to do uh, this read for Fan Clash. If you love to play fantasy football and think you know more than the rest of the sports world about it, we have a website for you. You can put that fantasy knowledge to the test on Fan Clash Trivia, the number one sports trivia site for cash and prizes. Rotowire, that's our company, has teamed up with FanClash.com to bring you NFL Week 9 and Week 10 trivia with cash on the line. Rotowire will be running free contests on FanClash.com against Rotowire experts on November 9th as well as November 15th. Again, it's a free contest for all, all RotoWire users with cash prizes on the line. Reserve your spot now. You will compete with RotoWire's own Kevin Payne. Oof, all right. Shout out to train. Kevin uh, on November 9th to see who really knows the most about NFL trivia from all of the Week 9's action. Cash prizes go to the top 100 scores. That's when the top five also win free six months to RotoWire on the house. Uh, go to fanclash.com slash RotoWire to sign up now man we're, we're gonna have kevin i think on the xm show on saturday i cannot wait Bingo. to see how fired nice. up he is for this like, you're not winning any bills trivia against that guy so don't don't even try yeah, really though. afc east in general you're probably just out uh all right broncos at raiders sunday night this is a good sunday night game probably the best Finally. one we've had we in a have while a good 
Monday yep. or good national TV games like pretty much across right. the board this week. Finally, six and two against six and two. I mean, there's been a lot of complaining about how the schedule is shaken out this year, but it doesn't really get a whole lot better than this. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of these teams is making the playoffs in the AFC West, right? I, to me, it's still Denver. I mean, Oakland has looked at times better offensively than Denver has, but mm-hmm. I still bank on a very good defense than I do what's looked like a very good Oakland offense. That, that's a very fair point, um, but I think the the Raiders' biggest area of concern is something that the Broncos just aren't really able to take advantage of, sort of like what I was saying about uh, the Panthers coming out west uh, to face the Rams uh, with, a, with a very shaky secondary. It's too bad that the Rams can't do anything about it. I think that you know we're, we're seeing a little bit of the same boat here, maybe not to the same extent, but uh, you know the Broncos' passing, def- or, uh, passing game uh, with Simeon at the helm is just not very formidable. I mean, it, it's sort of uh, more of the same of what we what we saw last year with the, with an extremely aged and limited Peyton Manning, and obviously uh, with Brock Osweiler. So uh, that they're not going to really be able to burn the Raiders uh, through the air. And uh, C.J. Anderson's out for the year now, so they got to ride Devonte Booker. Uh, I guess that does make him a chalk play uh, for for like DFS purposes if the price is right there. Uh, don't remember his price exactly uh, on Fanduel or DraftKings, but, uh, you know, he's a guy that you you definitely look at because he's going to get most of the carries. But I think that the Raiders, you know, if you have like a Mari Cooper, but you also have like a like a Mike Evans and, and like a Doug Baldwin going this week, do you leave Cooper on the bench against against a very tough? Uh, I don't I'm know. having I this think issue in a lot maybe. of spots. I think you got to think about it. The Denver defense is one of only like two or three that you really kind of make these calls mm-hmm. with and yeah, I mean, the way that DVR and I always put it is you can leave Cooper in your lineup and it's not going to kill you, but what is the ceiling with Cooper? Like, if Cooper has a good game against Denver, maybe that means six catches for, like, 85 yards. Probably, Whereas, yeah. you, like, you just have to put – if you're going with him, you have to understand that the ceiling is probably considerably lower uh, and the floor is quite a bit lower as well. So, I yes. mean, it's risky, but I, I don't know. I generally stay away. From, like, I would usually bench Cooper if I have an option like Baldwin just because I tend to go for upside. Mm-hmm. I think that makes I think mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. It depends sense where in you're space. at in, in your in your league. You know, sure. Cooper maybe is a little bit safer. I don't know. It it, it really is situational. It, and the biggest factor is who do you have behind him? It, yeah, exactly. So uh, you know, and I also have Emmanuel Sanders uh, in, in a couple places. He's he's I'm, I'm like I'm not saying that he's a lock to be uh, more productive than than a guy like Cooper or Crabtree this week, but. Uh, certainly draws a, a lot more favorable of, of a matchup that, than, you know, on the other side of the coin here. So, it, I don't know, just a little bit of food for thought, I guess, as mm-hmm. far as your, your start and sit for your receivers because this game has a lot of intrigue, especially in the, both passing games. Mm-hmm. I mean, Devontae Booker, I think, disappointed a lot of people last week. Did but, get in the end zone, but the yardage total wasn't there. I mean, he looked so good as the, the, you know, the number two or the 1A behind C.J. Anderson, and I mean, he was coming for that job, I think, even before right, the yeah, knee injury. And all of, sudden, all of a sudden, Anderson goes down, and it was like, wow, the, the risk is not even there anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. If I'm a Booker owner, you feel so Let's good about go. it. Uh, but still, I mean, I, I still think he's a, a really, really strong play going forward. I wouldn't get too worried about so too. A, a somewhat disappointing performance in Week 8. Yeah, I mean, the, the uh, Chargers defense it, it looks a little bit better right now. I think Joey Bosa sets the edge extremely well. Joey yep. Bosa is a like, bona fide stud he's already. Good. Best nose in the NFL. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And then, uh, you know, his, his brother's, you know, in three years, he's going to be there too. Uh, you know, the, that'll be, you know, the, the Noza Bosa brothers, and it's mm-hmm. going to be wild. Yeah. 
Uh, Bills at the Seahawks. Like, what a weird matchup. I feel like these teams have never played ever in the yeah. history of the NFL. Not even since, I'm like, sure the days have. of Ricky Waters. Yeah, right. Yeah. Man, <laughs> shout out Ricky Waters. we got to get him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, Seattle has not looked great. They still are in, you know, very much in control in the NFC West, partially because Arizona has kind of taken a step back. Mm-hmm. The Rams, you know, at three and four, I think this is probably the their ceiling for through the first eight games. You know, mm-hmm. I think everyone kind of expected uh, them to be a little bit worse. San Francisco totally out of it at one and six. So, I mean, Seattle might only need to get to ten wins to take this division this year, just like the old days. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is this is your uncle's NFC West now. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this is a nice match. I mean, the Bills always seem to get up for these primetime games, but on the road, traveling cross country, mm. losing a couple hours, it's daylight savings this weekend. Um, Having a traumatic event at their own stadium last right. weekend. Uh, yeah, I mean, the NFL has almost gone an entire week without a sex toy entering the play of, uh, the field of play, so there's that. Uh, the, on top of all of that, they have no skill position players because mm. LaShawn McCoy is still hurt, limited at practice uh, on Thursday, Still very much questionable. Honestly, I'm surprised that they haven't just said we're ruling him out. And there's, I mean, right. there's still a chance he's going to actually play. I just think, you know, they they probably rushed him back last week. He tweaked the hamstring, and yet they might do the same thing again. Yeah, I really see it's it's a situation where if you're a McCoy owner, you just want them to to just let him sit so he can like yes. be healthy for like the playoff push. And you know, if you got like a Mike Gillisley share, you're at least a little bit excited right. about that. that except- that's the exact situation I'm in. I would just like just. I want to know McCoy's out so I can start Gillisley and not have to worry about McCoy vulturing 10 carries and rushing for 14 yards. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, he's, if he plays, he's not going to be effective, especially mm-hmm. this week, because Seattle can certainly right. stop the run. It's a bad matchup even if McCoy's at 100%, let yes. alone 70%. Uh, Percy Harvin? The revenge game. Like, what? I guess he... I saw, I saw a tweet that, I thought, that summed this up perfectly. It was like, Percy Harvin must have checked his bank account for the first time in two years this week, and was like, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Damn, I need to, I need to get some cash here. Like, <laughs> yeah. why else would this happen? Like, he was on no one's radar. Like, when's the last time you've heard anyone talk about Percy Harvin in the context of playing in an NFL football game? It's, it's been at least a year. He might be their best player at the oh receiver position. Like, he seriously Lord. might be. Yeah, so that's an issue. Uh, yeah. I think if you if you take one thing from this podcast, it's that the, the Bills are in dire, dire straits right now mm-hmm. as far as their offensive uh, weapons are concerned right. when Percy Harvin signed off the street. Uh you know, having to retire due to like hip and you know all sorts of other head ailments. Uh, he had a headache for like three years straight. He did, I think. That would be that terrible. sounds horrible. Um, all right, closing thoughts. I'm really excited to watch KD versus Westbrook tonight. Uh, I know you're not quite as much of an NBA guy, but that's going to be an awesome game. Ooh, the Bucks are playing fun, tonight. Actually. People are fired up. Uh, the city of Madison was a buzz this morning with. <laughs> Bad case of Bucks fever. Flags, um, you know, all over the place. Yeah. You know, people in the streets. Well, people, yeah, the Bucks won against the Pelicans on on Tuesday night, and like I keep seeing all these like W flags around town, and it's like I didn't. Like, that's cool that everybody's supporting the Bucks. Like I, no, I had no idea that there was just such a Bucks contingent, uh, but it, it's cool. Uh, so yeah, I mean, any any parting thoughts? Um, looking forward to this this slate of games. Uh, my my dad's gonna be in town this weekend, so we're gonna be oh able boy. to wallow in misery together as we watch the Ravens lose to the Steelers in Baltimore. Um, so looking forward to that. Just you know, for the just to have like a partner in crime right. for the, for the, just the misery, because usually it's just nice. me in my apartment watching the Ravens on a terrible NFL stream <laughs> and just being like, oh god, this play yeah. happened five minutes ago and it was yep. horrible. Yeah, I know that game. I, wa- I watched the Jaguars in public last week on Thursday night, and that was that was a bad idea. That's just not something you don't want people to know. You know, you don't want people to know just that you're affiliated secrets. with that team. 
Uh, but that'll do it for us. Um, I don't, honestly, I don't know who's hosting the podcast tomorrow. I would tell you if I knew, uh, but I will not be hosting. DVR, like we said, is out of town. But someone will be back on the Road to Wire NFL podcast on Friday. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.